I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Monday, June 29, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Couple of things. First, we'll talk about what jumps off the page on the daily chart. Secondly, we'll talk about a little bit of a refresher from the weekend video because there's some relevant stuff, some relevant numbers on the board, and then some relevant market activity slash price action early in the day on Monday to support the case that was discussed in the weekend video. We'll talk about both sides of the tape. We will be the umpire. We'll talk about the bull case. We'll talk about the bear case. We'll look inside the numbers because we did have some interesting and pretty cool stuff happen inside the numbers. What's the first thing or two that jumps off the page on the daily chart? Well, There's a couple of things. Maybe there's even three or four today. So item number one is we still are getting close to not at yet the bottom, but we are close to the low from the member. We used to say last Monday's low. Now it's past last Monday's low. So it's the low from the 15th of June. They did make a lower low today, but again, reversed finishing at the highs of the day. That's important information. We need to know that that's bullish behavior period, full stop. What was missing from the total package of bullish behavior? Volume. We didn't have excessive volume. There wasn't widespread institutional participation. But if price, since it is the absolute arbiter, if price is going to dictate anything, price finishing at the highs after reversing from lows, making a lower low from Friday, that's a bullish sign. A couple of other things of note. So we came close to twice in a row, but did not hit the 50 period moving average beneath price. 50 period moving average also comes in around the same area. Now it's a little above, but around the same area as the lows from the 15th. So what happens if we have a failure on our hands? What happens if the market is down tomorrow, down Wednesday, whatever it is, and we're now testing the lows that weren't yet hit? Well, in that case, They already had one try. They had two tries, meaning today. So that's Friday one, two today. The third try, I'm not sure they would save or rescue the market at and around those lows. I don't know that I would be a buyer on the third time is the charm routine. At this point, coming up short of the 50 period moving average a couple of times, and if they were to turn back down and go get the 50 and even spike through the 50 a little bit, I don't know that I would trust that the market would snap right back on the third go around. What's an important number up north? What's an important number that the SPY has to close above in order to have further upside potential? That number is 306.40. You need hourly closes and then a daily close above 306.40 and they'll likely go into the 20 period moving average right around that 310, 310 and a half neighborhood there would definitely be overhead resistance in that zone. Look what else is on the board. This is still technically active. So you have this up move, which is the makings of a bullish flaggish wedgish pattern, right? So the flag begins up here and then the flag fails. 
But now you have, instead of a flag, you have a bullish wedgish pattern instead of a bull flag. So what? Doesn't matter. As long as you don't breach the low on daily closes, this is still active. Let me clean it up and draw it again because this actually is something that is active at present until and unless price closes below the low of the 15th. That's why it was so important. This spells an ensuing move to the upside. Now, whether or not we get above these highs or not, we don't know yet. It's a long way off from current price. Doesn't matter what's above there. It's a gap. We don't need to know that right now. First order of business is get hourly above 306.40. Let's talk about something else that was important. So the market started down early today. And if you remember from the weekend video, we said something that was extremely important. That was they can't give up SPY 300 ES 3000. So even if they give it up for a few minutes, we're talking hourly and daily closes. That didn't happen. Let's go down to a shorter time frame and take a look at the intraday activity for a moment so here we go now mind you the futures were up leading into the morning session and then as we got closer to the opening bell they started melting away and all of a sudden the market started trading down so the question of the day at the time is is it an early morning shakeout or is this it and they're really going to have a better correction one that has acceleration or follow through from what happened on friday you don't know until you know but what we do know is 300 is extremely important. So all of a sudden, early in the morning, and here's a five-minute chart, you start to see some signs that a reversal is taking place. You begin to see the makings of a reversal or tail candle. It's not a good one. It's not a great one. But you could see the makings of it even on a five-minute chart. Where do you learn more about the makings of these things? Lazy E-mini trader, that's where. But you knew that already. Here we go on a 10-minute chart. Now we have a tail candle in the making. We have a low. We have the market starting to trade higher. We're focused in on ES3000. We're focused in on SPY300. Why? Because A, they're big fat round numbers. B, they're psychologically important. And C, they're important. We know that if the market gets above and stays above, starts closing short-term candles above, starts closing hourly candles above, that's a bullish sign. They made another low, they reversed, they get back up over an important spot. All these things point to one thing. When we take the market at face value, we use the 80-20 rule, the whole duck thing, you know the story. When it walks like a duck, it talks like a duck, it's generally a duck. You're going to get surprised and the duck is going to take off its mask and it's going to be some kind of a creature with different type of features. But either way, it's going to generally be a duck. You don't guess that it's not going to be a duck. When it looks like a duck, you go with duck. So therefore, we're above the big fat round number, we go with it. Inside the numbers, let's check out the pre-market commentary. Already, we're focused in on 300 and 3,000. And why is this? Because last night, the futures went down right away. They went about 15 or 20 points lower than the big fat round number, and then they snapped right back. That's a rescue operation. You take it at face value. Let's scroll up and see what else was going on. So the early thoughts. Market's still bullish at the time, so the early thoughts include bullish behavior and include downside if they flip around stuff. 
We're aware of the overnight lows, 29.8350 was the exact number. So we know where there likely will be some support, big fat round number, overnight lows, somewhere in between. That happens the majority of the time. They do an early morning shakeout. How long does it last? Any amount of time. Could be a couple of minutes, could be 20 or 30 minutes, could be any amount of time. The early morning shakeout is run by the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew. Up here at 9.32, we have some early resistance. We'll scroll around. I'm going to run through the majority of the notes. I'll give you some side commentary. We're watching some important numbers. What I urge you to do is look at the numbers, and only the folks that are interested to do so will do so, so that's why I don't have to feed it to you. Look at the numbers, go back to a chart, see what happened after the fact. couple of things of note. The IWM and the transports are not leading to the downside. The S&P was down, but not the IWM, not the transports, not the financials. That's like a canary in the coal mine with a threefer. So on one hand, in the S&P, the overnight lows are on the table. However, until and unless those things turn around, that's generally a tell. It's a shakeout. Moving right along. 9.50, here's the overnight low routine. Let's say they don't do it. They don't get there. They come up short. That's bullish. What happened? They came up short. That was bullish. Here's the ES futures contract. Here's the low at 10 o'clock in the morning, 29.8850. They came up short of the overnight low. Moving right along. We'll take a look at stocks on the move. Here's a sneak peek from 10.03, pins. The rest of it, basically the market was on a slow grind going back and forth in a chop shop most of the day. So you can stop the video, read the notes, go ahead and restart it and see what the chart did after the notes were posted. I urge you to do that if you're at all interested or at least active trading in the market during the day. If you're interested or at least trading in some vehicle that tracks the S&P, this is stuff you need to know. How do you trade if you don't know the numbers is what I want to know. Scrolling right along. Still yet, we're talking about the uh, transports and IWM at 11.15. Still giving both sides of the tape. If they fall, here's the number. If they rise, here's the number. And then where it really gets interesting, as we get into the latter part of the afternoon, you'll see they had to stay above 302. Staying above 302 gives them an opportunity for an end-of-the-day jam session, as I like to put it. This is in the 339 post. Now, we talked about this spot earlier, and you'll notice it in the notes if you read them, 304.75 to 305. We can't know that they will... But if they start to go, that's where they're most likely headed. If they go the other way, back to 302. And by 412, which is after the SPY close at 4 o'clock, but before the futures close at 415, there's our end of the day jam session concluding at 304.75 to 305. We're going to take a look at the chart. It was actually at 305, I believe. Funny how that works. Real quick, we take a snapshot of stocks on the move. Only one active trade today in pins. We'll take a look at the chart in a moment. First, you got to see this and put it in perspective of what we just went over inside the numbers. So here's the today's activity to the right of the thing, right? Right of the vertical line. Below, this is at 15.15. So it's 3.15 in the afternoon, 3.02.22, all right? The last candle of the day, which is 3.45 to 4 o'clock, the low was 3.02.44, and the high was 304.45, and you say, well, 
they didn't really get there, really. When you look at the after-hours activity, they absolutely did get there right after the closing bell. There's your high of 304.93, high of 305. That's in the 1630 candle, so it was after the 415 close, but that's not the point. The zone was 304.75 to 305, and that was discussed long before the end of the day jam session. Question that comes up quite often is, how do you do that? The answer is, don't worry about it. It is pretty cool though. Now back to a regular hourly chart. Now in all seriousness, kidding aside, how do you do that? I'm going to tell you how I did that. It's very simple. I didn't know they were going to run up at the end of the day. That's not the point. I said, if they do, I know where they're going to go. There's two different things going on there. One is, I'm not guessing they're going to run up at the end of the day. But if they start to go, and they start to go and go and go into the closing bell, I know where they're going. So can you hop on board in the last few minutes of the trading day? Some traders do. You can. I don't necessarily recommend it because they can whip it around just the same in the last few minutes. It's just interesting to see it happen right before your eyes. It's not all the time. It's at the end of the day that we can do this. But where they were going was obvious when you think about everything that we talk about in here, what's taught in the course, when you put it all together. What happened? On Friday, the market broke down. Where did it break down? 305. We talked about it in the weekend video. So where are they going? They're going back to test a former breakdown area. What was that? 305. It's not rocket science. It's not even algebra. After you know it, and you know what to look for, and you're aware of it, that's when you start to just see it. IWM. Camp IWM. Up 3.74%, leading the way. Favorite market leading indicator, bar none. By the way, we should also make mention, tomorrow is the end of the month, also the end of the quarter. Does that mean any shenanigans are going on? I don't think so, not necessarily. However, leading into the end of the month, we may have seen some shenanigans. Maybe the shenanigans were on Friday. Doesn't really matter what we label shenanigans. I'm just saying. What we have here in the IWM is really the same thing we discussed in the Spider in the S&P 500. We have a move higher off the reversal from the 15th. Now we have this bullish wedgish thing going on and we're having a start of a move the beginning of a move higher. Well, I don't know if this continues or not, but if we get through this gap, I'll tell you what, pretty good chance they go right up to test double top. Not necessarily all in one bite, all in one hour type of thing, but that's what would be the bull's objective. Could I use market symmetry to figure out exactly how high they would normally go off of a pattern like this? And the answer is, yes, you can. The question would be, how do I know that or how do I figure it out? And the answer is, it's also in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, and you knew that too. What about the folks down at the transportation department? What are they saying? They have the same type of thing going on. Again, we have those moving averages we discussed on Saturday. Price staying above those moving averages. We have the same type of pattern slash formation that we have in the other markets. We have our second favorite market leading indicator, but a number one canary in the coal mine. So... The second favorite leading indicator and favorite canary is up 2.8%. The favorite leading indicator is up almost 4%. So again, on its face, using the duck concept, it's all bullish behavior. Could it be a rope-a-dope? 
Yeah, it could be a rope-a-dope. And then what we do is we flip on our bear cap and we say, all right, now we're focused on the big fat round number of 300. We're focused on the 15th lows, June 15th lows. We're focused on the other stuff we talked about in the weekend video. We're aware of both sides. We go with the duck that's in front of us. Folks out in Silicon Valley, triple Qs, recapture the 20 period moving average, finish strong, high of the days, nice little reversal from this morning, all bullish behavior. On this daily chart, in order for them to keep going, they have to clear this last from Friday breakdown candle high, which is 245.96, call it 246, until and unless they clear on a daily close, first hourly and then a daily close, that number, then there's no dice. This could be a bearish pattern in the making, but one day we have no idea. It's just having an awareness of both potentials. Could it be a bearish pattern and look good today, look good tomorrow, but until and unless they clear that high, it's just a bearish pattern. That could be the case. You have to have an awareness of both sides of the market, be the umpire, doing what? Calling balls and strikes. What about the financials? Not so great. So they're still stuck underneath the 50-period moving average. So they had somewhat of a bounce higher from the lows from Friday, but less than 1%. It's somewhat of a laggard, per se, across all the other markets we follow. The financials was the less impressive or the least impressive. Very simple. Until and unless they clear on the north side, Friday's high, no dice. This is a puzzle piece, it's on the table, and I'm watching this as a potential secondary canary in the coal mine. You know, just in case the first canary got lost. What about Smash Mouth? Again, on par with the Qs, the semi-space or Philadelphia Semiconductor Index is a pretty good leading indicator of the tech space as a whole. They still need to recapture the 20-period moving average and last Friday's high, But all in all, this is still in a pretty good uptrend, and there's technically nothing wrong with this market, certainly until and unless they lose the lows from June 15th. Now, if I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is all true and accurate information. It's everything that I wanted to and intended to discuss, so we'll pull the ripcord here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is Common Sense Market Analysis.